following is a sponsored program paid for by Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results. Welcome to Rochester Real Estate, featuring Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group, Remax Results, and Andy Brownell. Here's Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning, Andy Brownell. It's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. And I'm joined by Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results. Good morning, Robin, and welcome to the Labor Day weekend. Yay! And it's going to be a cooker all it weekend. sounds like it, yes. I'm having an end-of-summer pool party tomorrow. Perfect, then. Yeah, perfect for that. Yeah, everybody will be in the water, that's for sure. Although I think there's going to be a nice breeze all weekend, so it won't be good. Scorching, and it's not supposed to be over 100 degrees either. I think they've kind of yeah. backed off a little bit. They but have. I'm not the weather forecaster, so I'm going to stay. <laughs> You're not even going to pretend to be? I don't want to be the messenger even. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, how about instead we'll uh, talk about um, the housing market. We can oh, talk sure. about that because that's something we are experts in. All right. So I want to start with some positive numbers. I just heard from my marketing guy that our August um, was up 40% over August last year. Holy smokes. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? And our our September for what we have on the books is also ahead of where we were last year. So I am feeling pretty darn excited. Well, that's what you predicted as well. I remember that. Exactly. It'll start picking up. Parts start picking up, but we've been busy. Um, a question that I get a lot, Andy, and I think would be worth spending a few minutes on is what is the relationship between housing inflation and overall inflation? Okay. Sure. So housing inflation is obviously the measure of price growth specific to housing, right? And Overall inflation measures the cost of everyday items. So not only the housing, but, you know, not the housing, but the other things like the, the food and the gas and, well, just everything overall. So of course, the overall inflation does affect the housing market. And that's why you keep hearing and seeing that if the feds don't start dropping the interest rates, people are really worried about what's going to happen to the housing market. We've spent a lot of time talking about this, but I think people are still kind of confused. Okay. Um, where is the confusion coming from, I guess? Well, people will say to me... I'm a little too me, close to this, I think. Well, I hear people say to me all the time, so when is the housing market going to crash? I'm like, oh my God, could you just okay. go back and listen to my show for the last... Because everything is so gloom and doom and there's, you know, the rates are going to continue to go up and inflation hasn't slowed down enough. Well, let me just focus on, which I don't even know if there's a lot of truth to all that because I think inflation has slowed down quite a bit. And I think the numbers show that. Maybe they're not down to where they want them. I think the goal, the, the, the Fed's goal is like 2%, right? Yeah, and that seems kind of almost unrealistic to me. Almost unrealistic. Yeah, I agree with that. So the good news is, even though they have done a few additional um, rate hikes, it hasn't necessarily affect mortgage rates, okay? So again, this is very different in every single market, even different from institution to institution within a market, but there are still rates out there that are 
very, very favorable. So, and numbers and predictors are still saying that by the end of 2024, we'll be back down to that five and a half or 5%. Am I saying that you should wait until the end of 2024 to buy your house? Absolutely not. Pick the house, buy it now while you're not fighting with 10 other people for it. And the price is only going to go up between now and the end of 2024. That is a promise. It's not going to go down. And also, if rates go down, it'll increase demand, which will drive prices up. Exactly. Not only drive up the prices, but it'll drive up those inflated offers where we get back into the multiple offers and you've got six or eight or 10 people all wanting the same house. And now you're spending 10 or 20 or 30 or 50 or a hundred thousand more than the asking price to get it. So don't wait to get into that mess. Find the house you want, marry the house, date the best rate you can find until a better one comes along and then dump that rate and pick a new one, mm-hmm. right? Then they're done that. So that's what people need to be thinking about. And and in on a macroeconomic scale uh, outlook on this, it's not it's not the interest rates that are the key um I don't know what where I'm looking. Key factor. Determinate, yeah, determinators. It's the yeah. inventory business. It's, it's the inventory business. We have buyers. Let me tell you that back in 2000, let's not even talk about those pandemic years because as you and I have called them many times, those are unicorn years. Yep, so let's think about 17, 18, and 19. All right? So I have a chart in front of me that says in the month of June in 2023, there were 198.3 qualified buyers in our market but in 2000 out shopping for a house in 2017 in that same month it was 130 in 2018 it was 129 and in 2019 it was 126 so here we are with quite a few more qualified buyers out there wanting to buy a house we just have that shortage of inventory and unfortunately that's been the holdup well, and that guarantees there won't be a collapse in the market because you don't have an ability to exceed demand. Exactly. Exactly. And the people who own the homes, again, have on average $270,000 worth of equity. So they're not having to come. If they decide, oh, shoot, now my school loans have kicked back into play and I've got to start making them doggone it. We had to buy a new car because ours broke down. Now we have to make our house payment too. And then with inflation and spending more at the gas pump and more at the grocery store, I don't think we can afford this house anymore. Well, they're not going to back themselves into a position where they have to walk away and and uh, right. go into foreclosure. Instead, they're going to say, oh, I can't afford this house anymore. I need to call a good realtor, get it on the market, get out my equity, put myself in a much more comfortable position, either buy something that I can't afford or rent something temporarily until I can put myself back into the position to buy a house. But it's a completely different scenario. I think somebody should appoint you to the Fed. Well, thanks. No, th- <laughs> actually, no thanks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you, uh, once again, we go back to the macroeconomic issues that they keep talking about. It's the real driver on this inflationary factor is the energy prices, exactly, which affect the food prices, which affect everything. 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 I have always said that. I have always said. 
if if you go to the gas pump and the prices are reasonable, it just it's like it's the yep. starting of it. Oh, hey, let's fill up our car and go on a trip. Hey, while we're on that trip, we're going to have to stop and see things. We're going to stop and eat. We're going to stay at hotels. You know, it's just the driving factor. It and it's so basic and so simple. And, and I love that I've heard things like um, cars are going to have to become more economical. There's, you know, more miles per gallon that they have to get by the end of this year and by the end of next year. I mean, it makes sense, right? If we can put people on the moon, we can most certainly make car engines <laughs> go more miles. Right? Well, it all depends on what you want in your car. I mean, this is a show about automobiles, but, but we, it's we true. pack our cars so full of luxury items right now that that, yeah. that is the main yep. thing yep. that is... It's halting the really big gains because the engines are remarkably efficient nowadays. Right, right. But we yep, love no. our luxury. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's the truth. But anyway, so if we can get figure out how to get those energy prices down, go. everybody's going to be in a good shape. In the meantime, <laughs> what I need people to focus on is what is your monthly budget for housing? Yes. Because housing is something we all need. It's not really a luxury. It's a necessity. And so we have to live somewhere, whether it's in mom and dad's basement, whether it's in an apartment, or whether it's a big, beautiful mansion. But we all have a different budget, so we have to match up our budget to where we're going to live. And once we figure out what our budget is, that's when it's a good time to decide, hey, this is my monthly budget. This is what I have for cash reserves. This is my credit score. This is my income. What's the best plan for me? Right? So that's when you call me and we sit down and I say, you know what? For the next couple of years, you better rent and save a little bit more money. Or boy, oh boy, what are you doing? Stop throwing your money away to rent. You've got a perfect situation to buy a house. And it might not be your forever house. Likely it's not. Right. But, but it's a house that you can live in and pay that monthly payment. And then what does it become? It becomes that bank account that you live in. Absolutely. Because you pay your mortgage every month, but at the same time, you're building equity, you're building wealth. You covered every single one of the issues right there. I tell you what, I'm so passionate about this. And there are so many people that could be so much better off financially if they were just educated about it. And I am happy to teach everything I know. I am happy to sit with people and counsel them one-on-one. -on -one. I don't even charge a red cent for this. I just hope that I'll build a relationship and that when they are ready to become a buyer, they will like me and trust me and decide to use me. If they don't, well, that's my loss. Well, it's still your gain because... You help They're out still the educated. Overall. Yes. Yes, you're All very, right. you're correct. Let's take a quick break. We'll return and chat some more with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group Remax Results on News Talk 1340, KROCAM, and 96.9 FM. We'll be right back with Robin Gwaltney and Andy Brownell on Rochester Real Estate. This is News Talk 1340, KROCAM, and 96.9 FM. To Rochester Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group, Remax Results, and Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning and welcome back, everyone. Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results this morning. And before we took the break, Robin, everything you were talking about, what about the budget? Having that budget for the housing portion of your budget or your right. overall budget. Expenses, yeah. The expenses, uh, uh, and I think about the rents that people are paying right now. 
I mean, that's oh. the obvious place to start. If you could afford to pay that rent, you know you could afford that much to pay for a mortgage. Yes, exactly. And it might not be brand new and it might not have fancy wow. appliances and granite countertops, but you have to look past that. And before you start paying 1500 bucks a month to have a snazzy little one-bedroom apartment, I'm going to tell you what, <laughs> I can put you in an adorable little two-bedroom, one-bath house and you're probably going to pay less per month and you're going to have something to show for it when it's time to move on. Yes, that's the thing right there. Building blocks. My, I've yep. said this before on the show, and I will say it again. I am not afraid to admit. I'm actually proud to admit that my first home was a trailer home in the mobile home park out in Stewartville. And my husband and I bought it contract for deed. We were newly married, and we bought it from Ed Fixstall from Fixstall Flowers. Remember, Ed? Oh, yeah. I had been renting. My first move out of the home was renting an apartment above the flower shop. And Ed had bought this home for an employee. And then uh, things didn't work out. The employee ended up getting divorced, moving away. And Ed got stuck with the trailer. So he asked me if I'd be interested in it. And my initial reaction was, ooh, I don't want to live in a trailer. <laughs> and then he showed it to me and he said, Robin, I will put new appliances because the lovely employee had taken the old ones. I'll put new flooring. I'll make it just, and I thought, you know what? This is better than any apartment I've lived in and I'll own it. So we were able to really focus on paying him and we paid it off in five years, which we were very proud of back then. And um, then we took that money. We actually turned around and sold it for the exact same amount that we bought it for. So we bought it for $10,000, paid for it in five years. And lived and in it. And then sold and lived in it. It was our shelter. We paid $70 a month park rent at that time. Boy, that's gone up a lot. Oh, yeah. But anyway, we um, sold it for $10,000. And then we took that money, clump, you know, we had that clump sum to put down on a down payment on the first house that we bought, which was 78000 And by the time we sold that house, it was 150000 So we took the money we made from that house to buy the next house, you know, and so on and so forth. So forth. And that's how you do it. You and don't now, just, yeah. And now you're having a pool party for Labor Day weekend. Yes, in my <laughs> final and ever house, I think, you know, people say that, but it's, we just love it here. It's just so quiet and relaxing and yeah, can't that, beat it. Nothing is, fancy. I mean, it has a pool, but it, the house is nothing fancy. But the, the, the frustration I have for the folks who, you know, you're talking to, you know, as far as educating them on the bank account you live in, that, yeah. Somehow that I'm going to stay in this rental situation for this long, 10 years, and somehow magically you're going to save up that down payment for that forever home. It's not going to happen that way. Right. And the way I, you get I was, there is the way you described it. And I was so blessed that that Ed Fixdall and my dad both talked the sense into me to say, stop being, stop thinking that you're above that and think about this as an opportunity. Think about it. Just pretend like you're renting it because you're not going to live here forever. And, you know, then the good news is, is when you're done renting it and you're ready to move on to the next place, you're really not renting it. You get to sell it and get all that money back yeah. that you paid. So I love it. And I just, I love when I do that. I have one particular client and he is very successful businessman in the community. And when I sold him his first house, he was 19 years old. And I had, I remember sitting with him and telling him this story. And he was single when he bought that house and then he got engaged and then 
his girlfriend had moved in her fiance and then they sold that house and bought a bigger house. And then they sold that house and bought a bigger house. And then I helped them finally sell that house. And now they're in their dream home. And it's a big, beautiful, gorgeous house where they've raised their kids. But it was, it worked out so perfectly for him. And it doesn't surprise me because he's in the business of financial planning. So he's smart. He's smart with money. He gets it. But I've watched it play out, not only in my life, but in other clients' lives. And it just means live to the point that you can afford comfortably and then use that to move on, to move on, to move on. It's just not overnight. So many of these young people just want the biggest, the best, the fanciest right away, right off the bat, because that's kind of what social media shows. That's kind of what, you know, all the influencers show. That's whatever. Whatever. It's just the way it is. It's just the way, it's just the way it is. But I can tell you there's a smarter way, guys, than paying big bucks for those fancy apartments. The two keys to growing wealth is R, get my grammar correct, equity and compounding Mm -hmm. interest. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? I have a lot of investors that buy, and I love it when these are these young kids too. They buy something to use it as a rental and they're literally making no money each month. So you think, so you think, but they're building that equity, right? And eventually when they own that house outright because their renters have paid for it, then they're going to sell it and take that money to do better things with, or they're going to continue to rent it and make the, the income, you know, because they have no payments on it. Yeah. I know people that that's how they fund their retirement is the rents that they oh, receive most off the people, property they own. Most people, um, or just by selling the house that they've yeah. paid for and then downsizing or, or whatever. But yeah, most people rely on their um, real estate wealth or real estate investments to make it through retirement. Yeah. There's no so, doubt about that. Yeah, the, the One individual particularly never had access to pensions or anything like that and decided I'm going to buy some rental properties and they'll be paid off as you described by the renters. Yep, exactly. And, and, and then after that, it was all gravy. Yep. So he gets some monthly, monthly payments from the renters to live in his retirement life. And I love it when I have young buyers that have the opportunity to buy a like inexpensive side by side. You know, there's quite a few of them over in Northwest Rochester in the Cimarron neighborhood over in there. And I love it when they can buy one of those and then live there. And I've seen it happen a couple of ways. Live there for a few years and then keep it as a rental. Or I've even had a few buyers that have had the opportunity to buy the other side. So they stay living there but rent out the other side. So by the time they're taking their rent, oftentimes it's making the mortgage on both sides. And eventually they'll leave there and rent out both sides. So I love this. This is what I love. So honestly, if it's, if you're thinking, gosh, maybe I can't afford to buy a house or maybe I should look into investment properties. Let's just sit down and talk about it because I may just really enlighten you and excite you. And who knows? There we go. Ignite you. Yeah. Let's take a break. We'll come back in just a few seconds and chat more with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group Remax Results. Here on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. 
We'll be right back with Robin Gwaltney and Andy Brownell on Rochester Real Estate. This is News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. It's new and it's going to become to Rochester Real Estate from Gwaltney Group, Remax Results and Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone. Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results. And we've been talking about just how darn smart it is to buy either your own home or even investment properties to uh, gain wealth. And and we've talked about this before because I used to just laugh 15, 20 years ago when the powers that may be pronounced that, oh, these millennials, they're not interested in home ownership. Yes, I can remember us talking about on the radio show, and they're saying they're going to want to... Only rent. <laughs> yes, exactly. I go Speaking until of which, 30. Yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking of which, doesn't it ever make you feel old that we are the baby boomers? I mean, they talked about baby boomers and they were, I mean, I remember when it was like the baby boomers are the up and coming. Yeah. Well, now it's yeah. Gen Z. We've, we're we're kind of right on the edge of that, by the way. We've blown way past. Yeah, well, we're still there. Um, <laughs> I, I, was, I don't know if you saw my post, but on Friday, Scott and I went up to the state fair, and there was an AARP block party. And I said, let's go over there. He goes, are you crazy? <laughs> That's not <laughs> they, part of us. And they had, like, spin the wheel for free prizes, do this match game thing, do the photo booth. They were super nice to talk to. He's like, oh, my God, lady, this is hilarious. But, yeah, so we've blown by that. We've blown by Gen X. Now we're on to Gen Z, right? The next generation. All right. And who is Making uh, them... How Making they, their moves. Are they in their early 20s now? Is that who Gen Z is? Um, I would say they're in their early early to mid-20s, right? Okay. And so um, these kids, these very smart, intelligent kids, many of them, in a recent survey done by Rocket Mortgage, it says that the top motivators that are driving Gen Zs to purchase a home is they want financial independence. Therefore, they are staying in their parents' basement. Okay, maybe they're not all in the basement. Some of them might live upstairs, no. but you know what I mean. They're staying they're, at home. Well, their parents are lucky they're in the basement. <laughs> staying at home, saving money, and going right from living at home with mom and dad to buying a house. They're just surpassing that whole throwing my money out the window to rent. Actually, I know two young ladies who did exactly that. They lived for an extended period of time in their parents' basement and used all of the income from their jobs, or most of it, to put together some amazing down payments for some beautiful homes. Oh, my gosh. Both of my kids did it. Both of my kids did it. They stayed with us and saved money until they could buy, and I love it. Well, they stayed with us, and then they stayed at Matt's mom's house. You know, they had that little they had that little bridge too. But but the bottom line is is that they were smart about it. They grew up with parents who are realtors, so they understand it. Everybody doesn't. As a matter of fact, I had a gal that worked for us. She doesn't anymore, but she worked for us. And she when I when she when I hired her, I didn't realize she didn't own a home. And she said, "Someday I might buy a house." Now she was in her forties, and I said, "Now wait a minute." You don't own your home? She goes, no, we rent. I go, why is that? She goes, I don't know. I've never thought about owning. My parents always rented when I grew up. And, you know, she grew up in a bigger city. And she said, I just thought renting was the thing to do. So I said, oh, we're going to change that right now. So within a few, probably 
maybe a month, she bought a house. Yeah, and, yeah. and then when she left town, <laughs> uh, when she moved away, she sold that house to the tune of over a hundred thousand dollar profit. If nice. she had stayed renting, guess what she would have had when she quit her job and moved away? Big pet zero. You got it. You got it. So once again, the theory works, guys. I I promise you. So please do not focus on Oh, the inflation's so bad. The rates are so high. The da da da. Even back in the days when the rates were double digits, people found a way to buy homes. Yeah, I'm so, raising my hand right now. Yeah, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep selling houses. So all of you homeowners that have houses that you might want to sell, oh my gosh, we can sell those for you. We want to sell them. We've got buyers out there. These Gen Zs are jumping into the, they say that this millennial group of home buyers is the largest group of qualified home buyers out in the active market that the market has seen at one time in a very long it. time. And so we've got all these people who have great jobs, who are qualified to buy, who've saved up their money, who've got great credit. They've got, they check all the boxes and they're motivated to become homeowners. So now we just have to have homes to sell them. Yes. And the key to that actually is to find some place for you old boomers like you and I to yep, move into. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's right. Um, so maybe we are not there yet, but the ones that are a little older than us, you know, because yeah. really a lot of people are still in house. My parents were a perfect example. They were in a house that was just way too much for them to manage. And luckily for them, I was able to buy them the right size home right next door to us and move them there. And now there's a young family who can actually use the space at the other house. Well, they're not quite here yet, but they're coming. Sure. And so, I mean, it's like we have to keep putting things to their best purpose, right? Well, to I their think, best use. I think back 30 years ago when the boomers our age were getting the little kids and all the multi-level homes that were built. Yes. And now you're getting into your 60s and thinking. One level, oh, thank you. That's yeah, a lot of one steps. Level, thank you. It's a lot of steps and a lot of cleaning and a lot of everything. So it's just more than we need. And that's why I'm super grateful where when we built this house that we live in now, we only built it as a weekend place. So we didn't go crazy. It's not super big. You know, it's. I don't know, just 3,000. Right yeah, I don't know. It's Yeah, but it's perfect. And we we have a whole lower level, but we don't have to go down there. Everything we need is on one level. You know, our bedroom, our laundry room, our kitchen, our living room. So if we don't want to go downstairs, we don't have to. But if we do and we get to the point where we can't do the steps, I've got one of those little chair riders because I there put it go. in for my parents. And that's what a lot of people are doing to adapt to stay home because people really do want to stay at home. So if they make the move to that right house while they're in their 60s, when they come to their 80s, they can probably stay longer because they made the move when they could have. And that's the key. Well, we're, we're out of time, but... The, the main floor laundry is always the key. I re yeah. When we put that into my home, I was questioned, why would you take up that space on the main floor? I go, yeah, I'm thinking yeah. No, it's good. We're out of time. Is that what you said? Yeah, we better run. You got to okay. get ready for a pool party. Yep, I do. I got to clean my house, clean my yard, all those things. Cook. <laughs> I'll love it. You know that. It's, all, it's what I love to do. Everybody but, have a great holiday weekend. Stay safe, and we'll talk next weekend. Okay, but if somebody really wants to call you on the holiday weekend, they can. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Right? Of course. I'm always answering my phone. You know that. 507-259-4926. I welcome your calls anytime. All right. Robin Gwaltney.
Weltney Group Remax results here on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. 